Grab your hard seltzer, a glass of wine, or a shot of tequila. It's time for Girl Talk. Let's get real. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 28. Yay! Yay. Um, Cheryl, what are you drinking? I am drinking Shotgun Spiked Seltzer Texas Tea, which is, I don't even know what brewery this is from. It's a new one that I found at my favorite store, H-E-B, and it is out of Austin, Texas. Oh, it looks like actually Shotgun is the name of the brewery. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's really good. It you is let so, me, isn't it? You let me try it, and mm. it it's kind of it's kind of a mix between Guinness and a spiked tea. Mm, yeah. like it's really good. Yeah. It has chocolate flavors and tea flavors. And, oh, it is. It's yum. super good. Liked it. Um, I am drinking Austin East Ciders, our favorite brewery. We do love them. <laughs> Two Austin breweries, but yeah, we do love our East Ciders. Yes, and I'm drinking the pineapple cider. Oh, that's yummy. Oh, it's so good. So good. It's it's refreshing. It is, especially on a day like today where it's mm -hmm. 85. Sorry for all of you up north. It is 85 here in San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> yes, it is. So pineapple is perfect. Fantastic weather. Yeah, it was so sunny and beautiful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should, probably shouldn't say that to all of you. <laughs> it's, it's snowing in half the country, but not where we are. It's pretty here. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> Might have been at the pool last week, but y'all probably don't want to hear that either. <laughs> Love y'all. Um, today we are going to talk about a thing that hit home for both of us, and we also see it hitting home for a lot of people on the Facebook page, and that is excuses. I lived behind excuses, Cheryl lived behind excuses, Absolutely. and we see a lot of people in the comments on our Facebook living behind excuses. Like mm -hmm. our initial response when we're when we're just beginning that divorced healing process, our initial response is always to make excuses for why we just can't get where we need to be. Well, it's easier, right? It's easier to push the blame off. If you are making excuses, blaming your ex, blaming whatever other factor, then you don't have to turn inward and look at yourself. So excuses are, are easy. So I understand, but there's also, you know, zero healing that gets done if you hide behind the excuses all the time. Exactly. Trust me, turning inward is very uncomfortable, but it is a necessary step in getting to know yourself, getting to know what you want, setting your yourself up for success moving mm -hmm. forward. If you don't turn inward, you're going to consistently stay stuck. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll refer back to, I've said this in prior episodes, but I didn't even realize I was hiding behind excuses until someone in my life told me that I was hiding behind victim mode and that that hit me like a ton of bricks I mm -hmm. honestly did not realize it until she called me out and then that was where I really started taking a look at myself and my behavior and what I could do regardless of what had happened to me in the past it was in my hands now and I had to do something about it yeah and you know what props to that friend because it takes a very strong person to be brave enough to tell a friend hey you're making excuses and you're hiding behind victim mode because that's not something to easily tell a friend because you risk, you risk their reaction. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. I'm just glad that she felt comfortable enough to say that to me because I trust her and I trust what she says to me. And so I really took a long, hard look at myself after she said that and, and realized that she was absolutely right. 
Yeah, we're we're actually going to cheers right now to Finns who are brave enough to tell us the shit we don't want to hear. Absolutely. Cheers, cheers to that. Okay, we've never done that before. But there you go. <laughs> I feel like it was worth it. So if y'all are drinking with us, you should be cheersing too. <laughs> All right, so as we like to do, whether it's in our reels, whether it's in, you know, um, Cheryl's wonderful meme posts, no matter what, we like to present a problem, but then we also like to present a solution mm -hmm. or at least try to. Right. So we're going to talk about um, some of the excuses that both Cheryl and I hid behind, used mm -hmm. um, as an excuse not to move forward. And then we're going to talk about some of the ones that we've seen that were predominantly used on the Facebook page. Mm -hmm. As we address each of those, we're going to give you solutions on how to overcome those. And the solutions are actually more easily accessible than you think they mm -hmm. are. Okay. So I guess I'll start with my first one. Um, one of the ones, my biggest, and, and I still struggle with this, but I am getting better. It's one, it's an excuse that I've been working on for quite a long time. Um, and that is, the excuse of, oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next month. I'll do it next year. And then next thing you know, five years have passed and I've never done it. Mm -hmm. I am the biggest procrastinator when it comes to putting something off and swearing that I'll do it in the future. Oh, well, it's too late in the week now. I'll start next week. It's too late in the year now. I'll start next year. And really that has, I think that excuse alone has hindered me in so many goals in my life. Mm -hmm. Like I hate that excuse, but that is my number one go-to excuse. Oh yeah, absolutely. Me too. I have used that excuse so many times, especially when it comes to weight loss exercise. Mm -hmm. I had pizza on Tuesday. Well, now the whole week's fucked. I right, right. I can't eat healthy till next Monday. Exactly. Now. <laughs> so now I'll just eat like shit all weekend. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I didn't go to the gym on Wednesday. So guess what? I'm not going for the rest of the week. You know, it's just so easy to, to fall off the wagon for lack of a better term. And then just call it a day, call yeah. it a week, call it a month. And it, it is. It's just so easy once you've messed up to push it off for an infinite amount of time. But I, I forgot the number and I've looked it up, but we make thousands of decisions a day in our heads. So if we make a bad decision at 8 a.m., then it's it's not doomed for the rest of the week. Like we can make a, a positive decision at 9 a.m. We have to retrain our brains that with all the decisions we have to make every single day that we can consistently be bettering ourselves decision by decision, moment by moment. We don't have to wait for next week or next month or next year. I think the biggest excuse that I have is that someone that's near and dear to me, like very close to me, I have watched this person use this excuse and actually say, oh, I'll do it. I know I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, whether, you know, it's going to be next week, next month, next year, whatever. And I have seen this person now go 15 years and not do anything about it, mm -hmm. not do anything about changing her situation. And that, I think watching that has haunted me enough to where it snapped me out of it. Um, and like I said, it, it's become such a habit now that I do have to actively work on it. Mm -hmm. Um, even now this far into my journey, but Seeing that in someone I love, it actually, like I feel bad saying this, but it, it served as a mirror for me mm -hmm. where I could actually say, you know what, that's, that's what's going to happen to me if I don't, if I don't get a hold of this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think those are the hardest lessons 
to learn, but they propel us so rapidly into a healing journey. I had the same thing. You know, I, I lost both my parents in their early 60s to heart related issues and they lived on those excuses. You know, we we had pizza and beer tonight. We're off the wagon for the next two weeks until we decide to eat healthy again. And that ultimately cost them their lives. Yeah. And and those are the kinds of excuses that you look at people, you know, who, like you said, 15 years or, or more, and you just know that that is your destiny if you don't do something to to derail the train and do it differently. I would also just like to give myself props for speaking about my parents without crying. That might be the first time ever. I am so proud of you. Cheers again Cheers to the healing again. journey. Cheers. All that healing journey, that is actually working for you. It looks good on you. Hey, thanks. Mm, you're welcome. I'm trying or whatever. <laughs> I agree. And if you struggle with that excuse, this is your sign to start working on it, fixing it now. Because I think of all the excuses that we're going to name today, that's the one that's most detrimental mm-hmm. like and hardest to get over. Absolutely. Because it it's one of those that is habitual and most of us have been doing it for decades, you know, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, whatever, whatever it may be. And when you're in that sort of mindset and that's a habit for you, it's super hard to break. Oh yeah. I think that you came up with the, like, not the, end all solution. But I think you came up with a really good point on how to start working on it. Just because you fuck up at eight o'clock in the morning, um, if you're on a weight loss journey, or just because you don't do something one day, if you're on a different kind of journey, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to now set your goal back. Mm -hmm. It's like when you fall down and skin your knee, do you just stay there? Right? No, pick yourself back up, dust yourself off and then move forward. With the exact same track that you're on. And that's part of what makes healing so difficult. You know, you constantly hear people talk about how hard this journey is. And that's part of it because it is hard to break that mindset and continually. It, it's something you have to have in the back of your mind at all times. Am I handling this the old way or am I handling this the way I should be? And it it's like at least in the beginning, it's like decision by decision. You have to think, is this conducive to the person I'm trying to be, or am I falling back into old habits? Would you like to talk about your one of your excuses now? Um, absolutely. So one of the excuses that I hid behind for ever and ever and ever, uh, probably two to three decades, is, uh, is I was afraid to admit that I didn't have my shit together because I, coming from an abusive marriage, I had perfected the art of looking like my life was beautiful. I had the family, I had the house, I had the career. Nobody knew what I was going through behind closed doors. So if I started that healing journey, it meant that I had to admit to others, but most importantly to myself, that I didn't have my shit together. And I had convinced myself for a really long time, even though, you know, there was always that little thing in the back of my head that knew something wasn't right. I had convinced myself that, that my life was fine. And so I had this nagging, like, you got to do something about this. You got to do something about this. But I was afraid at what I would find out, like how broken 
I actually was. And I have a shout out to my wonderful friend who always tells me, you weren't broken. <laughs> you just needed to do things a different way. But at the time I felt broken. I felt like I was living a lie and that I was just this broken shell of a person. And if I came out from behind that excuse, I had to admit that I didn't have my shit together. Mm -hmm. And that scared the hell out of me. Well, yeah. I think anytime that you have to turn inward and kind of do a self-evaluation, no matter what that is, that's terrifying. And maybe not to everyone, but to, I would say, a large portion of us that have, you know, traumatic pasts, that's scary. I've said mm -hmm. it time and time again that whenever I sat in and finally found a therapist who called me on my bullshit mm -hmm. and I sat in his office and he forced me, you know, not forced me, but right. he in encouraged me and finally got me to turn inward and look back, look in on myself and also look backwards. That was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Because I had to face everything and I had to face demons with, within myself. and. Yes. I had to admit that there were parts of me that needed, like you said, needed work. There were parts of me that were severely wounded because I put this persona out there that I'm strong and independent and, you know, I don't, I've, I've got this all figured out and I don't need anything. And that's not true at all. Like before I started on my healing journey, I was a fucking mess and facing that and admitting that mm -hmm. was hard. Oh yeah. Hard. Yeah. Like eating crow like you would not fucking believe because that's not what everybody out there believed. Right. Because I let them believe that. Well, yeah, because it, for different reasons, but we both had this mask and this, this persona out there that worked for us. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, looking back, if anybody knew like who was behind the curtain. No. I don't think I was my authentic self with anybody at that time. No, I wasn't either. With, with you close, you know, closer than anyone else I can think of. Cause we would sit there yeah. while our kids played and have some pretty deep conversations. But, but I still kept things inside because I was afraid to own them. I was afraid to say, you know, I, I let this happen in my life. And then when it came time to work on healing them, I had a really hard time with it because I had to step out of victim mode and realize that I contributed to it too. And that was hard for me because I felt like I was wronged in so many ways that when it came to the realization that, well, wait, so, so I did shit mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to lead to this, like that, that is a hard realization. And not that I wasn't who, I said I was, I was just hiding an awful lot that yeah. most people didn't realize. And I didn't want people to realize that about me Yeah, because I liked the persona I had out there. It seemed like I had my shit together. Yeah, exactly. We talk about, you know, I talked about how therapy helped me mm -hmm. going to, to face that. How, what is your advice on how to get over that excuse? Yeah. I think therapy definitely led me on the right path. And then I started reading a lot of books about healing, about um, self-development. And I, I started realizing by, by reading these books and talking to my therapist that the person I wanted to be and the person I actually was, like in reality behind all the fake, 
were two absolutely different people. And mm -hmm. I did not want to live that fake life anymore. But in order to not live that life, I had to be honest with myself, which meant I had to let those walls down. I had to let my kids see me as the person who I really was, mm -hmm. which was very hard. I had to let my friends see a different side of me and admit some things I didn't want to admit. Basically, I really just had to drop my ego and expose myself for who I was. So between therapy, reading, some really hard but amazing conversations with some people in my circle that I trust and and learn a lot from. And then this this one isn't for everybody, but I started meditating and sitting with myself in silence and learning how to shut out all the surrounding noise and just listen to what's in my head and work through that helped me tremendously. It helped me calm myself on my own bullshit and it helped me realize what I needed to heal. Just listening to myself. One of the things that my therapist had me do that I was reluctant to do at first actually dug my heels in because I'm a stubborn little shit, but <laughs> no, I, I know you surprising. Um, but he had me, he said, I want you to go home. And this week I want you to write two things down that you aren't honest with other people about Ooh, yourself. That's a good one. And so the first week I wrote down two things and I had to really think about it. the first, the first couple of times, like I had to really think about it because I still, even while I was doing it, I was still trying to like, I was still trying to mask it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I wasn't raw. Right. But by the third time I did this, it started coming easier. And I started to actually write down the fact that everyone around me thinks that we're a picture perfect couple and my fucking world is falling apart and we're headed to divorce. Mm -hmm. Like I had to sit down and write things that I was protecting in my little bubble, mm -hmm. whether about myself, my marriage, my family, whatever, to the outside world. And I think that goes along with what you're saying is that if you do that and you sit down and one or two things at a time and work on those one or two things mm -hmm. and then write down a couple more and then work on those things, that is you taking a moment of being truly honest with yourself. You can even burn them after. Right. But at least be honest with yourself and don't bullshit yourself. Right. At least be honest with yourself and write down exactly what it is that you are hiding and protecting from other people mm -hmm. as ugly as it may be so that you can own it and mm -hmm. fucking work on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's similar to what I do when I meditate. I'm just thinking through things that happened throughout the day, maybe the last couple of days. And if there's something that bothered me or triggered me, then I think through those things and ultimately just sitting there with myself in silence, I work through those things in my head and it, it does help me heal a lot. The second excuse that um, I hid behind is kind of goes along with what you were just talking about actually. And but mine was um, shame and embarrassment. So mm. I was very, I hid and the rest of the world and put up these walls and, and this person, you know, put this persona out there that wasn't 
authentically myself because I was ashamed and embarrassed of my past, of my past traumas, of what was happening with my marriage, of uh, so much. Like I was ashamed and embarrassed to admit that all of this was going on and that all of this had previously happened to me. So if I didn't claim it, I didn't have to be ashamed and embarrassed by it. It makes so much sense. Yeah. So I, like you, I hid, I basically ran from it and pretended that it didn't exist. And that was out of sheer embarrassment and shame. It wasn't until my therapist suggested writing a blog. And it's funny because at first he was like, find a blog where you, you know, don't even publish it. Just write it save it in a draft so that way only you see it Mm -hmm. and I started it and over time it got easier and it grew and it got bigger and it got bigger and then eventually he said okay um go back to the first one reread it tweak it if you want to and then press publish and I went back to the first one reread it tweaked it actually added a little little bit more And I press publish and I, the anxiety was through the roof, but the next time he had me do the same thing for the number two. And then he had me do the same thing for the number three. And over time, people started following. And over time I started getting feedback. And over time I started reading that feedback because I'd see it come in and I would avoid it like Mm -hmm. the plague. And that honestly, hearing people in the comments say, oh my God, thank you. This is exactly how I feel, or this happened to me. Mm -hmm. Hearing the people that could relate was a huge factor in my healing. So all of that time that I spent being ashamed and embarrassed of everything that had happened to me in my life and everything that was happening to me at that time, there was this community of people out there that I was completely avoiding and, and not connecting to, not even realizing that they're there, that could have been helping me all along. I'll put it this way. No matter what you're going through, there are people out there going through the same thing or have gone through the same thing that are willing to be there for you and actually want to be there for you and share their experiences. That's one of the amazing things about social media and the internet now is that you've got these people in around the globe that are willing to say, hey, I don't know you, but I relate to you because that same thing happened to me, or I did that exact same thing, or I feel that exact same way, and I'm here for you. And then suddenly you have this amazing community that you don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed with anymore. And that trickles over into your personal life. You honestly do get more and more brave the more people that you connect with that have gone through the same damn things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and the next thing you know, you're owning your shit. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the, that's one of the key foundations, the cornerstones of your healing process. And you're, you're bettering yourself and you're starting over after a divorce. And that's one of the, the cornerstones of your foundation is to own your shit, own your part in it, own all the pieces that you need to put back together and move forward. Yeah. And you can't do that if you're hiding behind shame and embarrassment. No. No, and I, I think I had the exact same experience where once I got a little bit more comfortable talking about what I had been through, I started having the, you know, the Me Too conversations with people that were close to me. 
And then same thing as I got braver and braver and, and reached out to some, um, some different groups on social media, I had some conversations with people and realized that I wasn't as alone as I thought, you know, in my Mm -hmm. mind, I was the only one who was going through this. Nobody could ever understand. And then I found these communities, just like you, where people had gone through the exact same thing. And then I learned slowly but surely that narcissistic personality disorder is, is so predictable that I would have conversations with people and it was like our ex-spouses were the same person. Mm -hmm. And then knowing that someone else had been through what I had been through and seeing that they were on the other side, I knew that, that I had a chance too, that I wasn't going to exist in victim mode. It gave you a target for your goal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's become a little bit, more normalized in the last few years to to own your trauma and to talk about your trauma mm-hmm. and i think that helps people heal a lot too because i i think we've swung the pendulum from the not everybody but you know a lot of people used social media and we've talked about this before on our social media episode they used social media to highlight how amazing their life is mm-hmm. but nobody was talking about the rest of the shit but now I feel like that's taken a turn and a lot of people are using it to heal and to talk about the realities of their life. And that has not only become an amazing way to use social media, but it has helped a lot of people heal by realizing that none of us are alone in this. There are, like you said, there are people all over the world who are dealing with whatever you are dealing with also. And, and there's strength in numbers, there's strength in knowing that, you have something to work on and then doing the work to dig in and figure out what it is. And it's right. probably multiple things. Oh yeah. You know, and hardest step, but still a step that is a must. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it is the beginning of your healing journey. Yeah. You have to take that step. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if you don't, everything thereafter is false. Exactly. Exactly. And like you said earlier, you can lie to yourself all you want, but at the end of the day, you're only screwing yourself over. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then let's address a couple of the, uh, the excuses that we hear a lot within our Facebook community. Yes. Um, I feel like frequently when we talk about therapy, we are met with a lot of comments about people who can't afford therapy, therapy and coaching and coaching because yes. And I want to do a little side note right now. Um, we 100% endorse therapy. However, there is also a side, whether it's relationship coaches, divorce coaches, not everyone has to have a therapist. Right. No, no. There are some things that are a must that we as coaches, even we cannot touch. Mm -hmm. And we understand that we are not therapists. Right. But there are a lot of things that you can address within, you know, relationships and um, personal growth and self-worth and value and all of that. You can get through a, a coach. And sometimes Oftentimes there it's a, it's a less expensive route than a therapist. Right. How less expensive. And, uh, at least in my experience, when it came to certain things that I was dealing with, I got more out of speaking to someone who had been in that situation and gotten through it mm-hmm. than I did for my therapist. My therapist, like you said, was wonderful for so many things, but when it came 
to dealing with a narcissist, not everyone has experience with that. Exactly. So speaking and coaches, nine times out of 10, most coaches that I've dealt with, they went into coaching because of their experiences. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what you do, right? Like you, you get through something and then you realize, damn, I don't want anyone to have to suffer the way that I suffered. And I wish I had a me mm -hmm. that I could have talked to. And so, yeah, I definitely think there's a, a place for a coach and a place for a therapist, depending on what your needs are. Yes. But getting back to that excuse of, I can't afford therapy, therapy's too expensive. We see that all the time. And it doesn't, it doesn't bother me in the sense that, oh, it's annoying. It bothers me in the sense of you're letting that excuse hang you up mm -hmm. is that that's their first comment. Oh, must be nice, but therapy is expensive. Now that there's this wonderful thing is called the internet. There are so many free resources from actual therapists, from coaches, from everything. There are so many free and or affordable mm -hmm. resources out there that are at your freaking fingertips for you to just cut one and done therapy's too expensive. You know, that's it. Right. Is absurd. It, I agree. And I, I could get on my soapbox for days about the lack of support for mental health in this country mm -hmm. and that our insurance doesn't cover it. And I'm, I'm right there with people who say that it's too expensive in that manner. It, I agree. But that aside, there are numerous resources that are, like you said, either free or, or much cheaper than just going and sitting in a therapist's office for yeah. an hour. I think one of the best things that came out of the pandemic is telehealth. Yeah. And okay. there are several telehealth um, therapists that charge a fraction of mm -hmm. what a therapist charges in office. Because they don't have any overhead. Right. You know, that right. that's a big thing. Like with our coaching services. Now don't get me wrong, there are there are some coaches out there that charge outrageous prices and well yeah. I'll let them. There's you always know? gonna be it, people that are in it for the money. Yeah. For and, the wrong and that's fine. And not that we're saints and and you know we're like, oh we're in it for the people because we, we really are. But it's not because we're saints, it's because we have been in that position where we knew what it was like. Mm -hmm divorced moms starting over. We didn't necessarily, we went from a two income household to a one income household. There's a time period after your divorce where your alimony and child support and all that doesn't kick in. You're still, you know, even getting to the point of filing mm -hmm. and your resources are cut in half. And if you're not, yeah. And if right. you're not the breadwinner, you're even more fucked, mm -hmm. you know? So the, we understood that we, came from that situation. And so that's one of the reasons why when we launched our coaching services, we were like, could we charge this? Yes. But we want to do it for those. We want to make it affordable for those mm -hmm. that have been in the situation that we've been in. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But you can go on to, there's, there's therapists out there that yes, they have, they have therapy services that you have to charge for, but they also have blogs mm -hmm. within those uh, blog entries, there are little nuggets that will be applicable to you. There are coaches out there mm -hmm. with blogs and with, you know, so with um, newsletters and with just Facebook posts. Yeah. And sometimes you can even look in or join the right community on Facebook and 
the people in there are all on this journey and they're all in different like ours, like mm -hmm. the Drunk Divorce Divas on Facebook, the Triple D fam, they're in all different stages. Yeah. And if you read through the comments, I'm so proud of them because they'll be people who are further along will be helping other people. I love when that happens. Yes. It is beautiful. It's yeah. like, I don't know you, but I'm a little further along than you. And I can relate to your, your question or your comment and I'm going to offer some advice. And I think it's a beautiful mm -hmm. freaking thing. Yeah. And guess what? That's free. Yeah. That little nugget of advice is free and it may not be the fix all, but it's definitely a stepping stone. It, it doesn't, you can't build a whole house with just one stone. Like you need a shit ton. Right. So gather as much as you can, wherever you can, if you're truly hungry to heal, and to better your situation, then you've got to truly dive in oh, and absolutely. immerse yourself absolutely. in the process. Yeah, I, I did utilize a wonderful therapist for a few months, but I have done the majority of my healing through conversations with, with other people that have been in my shoes by reading books that are specifically tailored to things that I've dealt with and, um, and just having some really hard conversations with myself the resources are all out there and like you said many of them are free you just have to be willing to go out and look for them and so you know that excuse of well therapy is expensive yeah it is but it's also an excuse because mm -hmm. you can find several different resources that are affordable or free right exactly and the next excuse that we see often is I don't know where to start. We actually both had that exact oh same excuse. Like, I had, I, I, and I, yeah. And I feel like at the beginning, it really, I can look back and honestly say it was not an excuse. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. It doesn't begin as an excuse. No, I really had no idea. Yeah. I had just come off of a divorce. I was grieving the loss of my parents. I, I had no idea. My mind was mush. The brain fog was real. Yeah. I did not know where to start. But eventually you have to realize that that can be an excuse forever if you mm -hmm. let it be. And it turned into an excuse with me. Yeah. And and we've mentioned this before on our social media in our reels. You need to give yourself that time, you know, post-divorce while you're getting your life back together and allow yourself to be in that brain fog. You can't, you can't start your healing journey the day after you file for divorce. Right. You need to give yourself that time. But eventually you do have to decide, okay, I, I'm starting to feel that brain fog lift. I'm starting to have an idea of where I want my life to go. And then you have to figure out where to start from there. Nobody knows. Nobody has the perfect answer and it's different for everybody. I mean, healing is like, like a fingerprint, right? Like it's absolutely different for everybody. But eventually once you have spent a few months letting your body unwind from everything it's it's been through eventually you'll start to get that clarity of little things here and there that you need to heal and you just start there you just do you just dive in and and say like for me i was told i was functioning in victim mode mm -hmm. and i very simply googled <laughs> victim mode and i started reading about it and i started looking at different articles and uh and blog posts about existing in victim mode. And I started seeing myself in those 
articles. And then I realized, oh, okay, yeah, this is me. So this is where I'm going to start. But it is, it is difficult. Yeah, I, I think the, the trigger for me was I came across a meme and I, I've quoted the quote before, but I'm going to paraphrase because I, I don't know it exactly. But it was basically, you think that um, starting over is hard and knowing where to start is hard. What you should fear most is being a year down the road mm -hmm. and being in the same place that you are right now. Mm -hmm. Being two years down the road and being in the same place that you are right now. That's fucking scary. Absolutely. Wasting two years of your life because you don't know how, how long your life is. You, none of us know right. for sure how long our life is. And you're going to waste it being in the exact same place that you are right now. Mm -hmm. Never having started what you set out to do or what you need to do. Right. That's fucking terrifying. It is terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And it's very likely that most of us don't know where to start when we start this healing journey, but you just pick something, pick something that you realize about yourself that you know you could improve on and start reading about it. Go start back, talking to people about it. Go back to what my therapist said, like, honest to God, write down one thing a week, mm -hmm. like this week, write down one thing about yourself that, that it could be something that you want to do in order to get your, you know, start your life over or get your life progressing. Mm -hmm. One thing that you don't like about yourself, one thing that you hide from others, one thing that you need to improve on. It doesn't matter. It needs to be something that needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Start, write it down and then focus on it. And don't say, I don't know where to start. Go like you did go on Google and Google whatever it is, you know, if your issue is, um, I, I'm starting over after divorce, freaking Google, I'm starting over after divorce. You would be absolutely amazed at the amount of things that pop up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely amazed. Yeah. And then you just start reading and eventually something will resonate with you. Mm -hmm. And when it does stick to it and utilize that as your first step. And then once you feel like you have your head wrapped around that, then you start looking for the next thing. And it really is just like step by step by step. Yep. It's, it's, you know, that whole, it, it's the journey, not the destination. You can know where you want to be, but you can't just jump there. You can't yeah. just, you know, teleport yourself there. You have to take all those little baby steps. So figure out what your first baby step is and go for it. I did a, a journal entry when I first started my healing journey and, um, it, it was really interesting. It was in a healing journal, actually. And it's it had you write for, I think it was 15, maybe 20 minutes, just brainstorm. In your perfect life in five years, what will you be doing? Where will you be living? What will it be like? Who will you be with? What? It, it just shoot for the stars. Perfection. What do you want it to look like? And... So I did. I just put it all out there. I want this. I want to live here. I want to be with these people. I want to feel like this. And then the next journal entry was, okay, so you're here and that's there. What's one thing that you can start changing to get to that destination? And little by little, if you pick it apart, you find all your little things that you need to heal from. Yeah. If you... I will say this, if you, you make a good point about baby steps, because going too fast in starting over, rebuilding your life, you know, reclaiming your life, no matter what, if, if you go too fast, 
you're going to carry some shit with you. Oh, yeah. So slow down, take a breath, realize you're not superhuman. This mm-hmm. isn't a Marvel Comics movie. Like, you can't just say, oh, I want to change, therefore I am. You are going to have to be okay. And tell yourself this right now. You are going to have to be okay with taking baby steps. Mm-hmm. I don't care if your personality does, doesn't fit that. This is a marathon, not a race. Absolutely. And if you aren't careful and you take this in, in, in a very fast, hurried way, yeah, you'll end up where you think you want to be or you'll think that you ended up where you want to be, but you have carried some shit with you that you didn't take care of. Absolutely. That happened to me a hundred percent. I started my healing journey and I took care of a couple things that I realized I needed to, to change about myself. And then I most honestly said to myself, okay, I'm done. I'm good. I'm healed. Let's go rest of my life. Where are you yeah. at? And then I had something happen with, with someone that I was dating at the time. And I realized, wow. Okay. I am not, done with this healing journey. Yeah. And so then I dug into some things that I I needed to heal from and healed that. And then something else popped up and something else popped up. And each step that you take teaches you something about yourself. And then it, it honestly, it's really hard at first, especially figuring out where you need to start and what you need to heal. But then once you do, it becomes almost um, euphoric mm-hmm. to, to find those things. Now I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> as, yeah. As weird and nerdy as that may sound. Now, when I find something about myself that I still need to work on, because that's another thing I, I would put it out there that the, the healing journey can go on forever. Yeah. If you want it to it, because you can keep improving and keep improving and oh, keep improving always. and keep being always. a better person. And so now I'm excited when I figure out something about myself that I still need to work on. I'm like, yay, that's one more thing that I can, that I can heal from, that I can be a better person going forward with. And, and that thing won't fester and hold you back or right. show up unexpectedly exactly. in a healthy relationship and blindside you both. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I know n- now I have clarity around my healing journey and I know that, as far as who I was pretending to be and who I am now, I know I've healed that. Mm-hmm. I know that I have dropped the ego around, you know, what other people think of me because I'm just dealing with myself and that's all I can ask. But, but I know I have a ways to go and I feel like this is probably something I'll do forever. Yeah. But, but I like it now. I'm excited about it now. Whereas before it was more getting myself out of survival mode and into just a functioning human being. Now it's, it's more like, how can I be a better me? How can I be happier? How can I be more at peace with who I am? How can I um, contribute more to other people who are going through what I went through? You know, it's just Mm -hmm. like those baby steps just really now have turned into such important pieces that, that I sit around and have conversations with people, with you and with a couple of my other friends about our healing journeys. And it's so exciting like, yeah. to know that you've conquered something and that you have control over yourself. Yeah. And I, that's a big thing. Yeah. And I never felt like, like I had control over where I was going 
or I, I was treading water, you know, just yeah. trying to stay afloat yeah. for so long that now just to know my destiny is in my own hands and that I can choose to continue to be a better and better and better person is, is an amazing feeling. Oh, yes. Well, I would say it is, it is my hope that anyone listening to this that is just starting their healing journey, one of the biggest things I want to say to you, besides the fact that you are going to have to face your demons and move forward mm-hmm. little by little, you are going to have to face your demons and you're going to have to deal with them. And that's okay. It's scary, but it's necessary and it's okay. And guess what? On the other side, it's not scary. Right. On the other side, those raw monsters that you think are so big. It's like, it's like when you're a little kid and everything's scary and then you mm-hmm. grow up and you're like, this sounds so scary. That's kind of what this journey feels like, but you are going to have to show yourself some grace. You're going to have to learn how to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. You are going to have to be kind to yourself. It's easy to say, oh, I am, I am, when I know for a fact that a lot of you are not because I was not. I was the queen of saying, oh, I forgive myself. Oh, you know, I put that behind me. Mm-hmm. And then I was also the queen of getting angry with myself for not getting there on what I thought was my timeline right. or for having a setback or the, the number one thing that I learned that was one of my biggest failures was that if I did have a setback or if I, something did trigger me and I had thought I had already been healed from it and I was like, Oh shit. Now I see all that work and I'm not even healed from it. I did not give myself a chance to, to have those moments. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you aren't healed. That just means that maybe in that moment you had a memory, a flashback, stop for a second, take a deep breath, count to 10 Weigh it in your head, in your mind. Like, is it something that you truly aren't healed from? Or is it something that just maybe triggered you a little bit? Mm-hmm. You need to step aside for a second, gather yourself, and go back in like the fucking king or queen you are. Like, don't let those things destroy you and completely undo any work that you've already been done. Show yourself some grace, be kind to yourself, and just keep moving forward. Absolutely. And I think you nailed it so much with that statement because like it's called shadow work for a reason, right? You're dealing with the dark parts of yourself and that's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to reflect on your own behavior and realize that you've held yourself back. Like you're not blaming anyone else anymore. You're just looking at yourself and figuring out how you can heal your own shit. And when you do that, it's daunting. It's daunting to realize that things in your past maybe were partially your fault. Not that you need to take blame for them, not in that sense, but in the sense that you need to own it so that you can change it going forward. And healing means when you are triggered, because you will be for the rest of your life, something will trigger you. But when you are triggered, you know that you have the tools within you to recognize it, first of all, which is so important. You recognize that you were triggered by something. You realize what it was, and then you talk yourself through it. Like, okay, this is triggering me. It's triggering me because, fill it in, and this is what I'm going to do moving forward so that I don't let that send me on a backslide to prior behavior, prior ways that I would have handled such a thing. Mm -hmm. And then you work on healing it little by little, but it never just goes away. Yeah. Some, no. uh, something's going to trigger you. Something's going to remind you 
of something in the past, it, it's always going to be there. It's but just not, not heavy. Like over time right. it gets, it's not as there as much Just show yourself some grace. I hope that if you heard some of the excuses that you may use and hide behind, and I'm going to say that because we're going to be honest with ourselves moving forward. If you've heard some of those that you also heard some good little gems in there to help you overcome hiding behind those excuses. But this episode is your sign to stop. You only get one life and that's it. And if you don't take it by the horns right now, then you're going, like you said, you're going to be at the end of it and think, Oh shit, I wish I would have. And that's not what we're going to promote. No, that's also not what we're going to do. No, not at all. Because as two people who are, Again, I will go back to the statement that healing is an ongoing journey. But as two people who have done a hell of a lot of healing in the last several years, we we can tell you that we are on the other side and we are enjoying the hell out of our life right now. And we would not be doing that if we were still spinning our wheels in the mud trying to heal and and still trying to get out from behind those excuses. Mm-hmm. We kicked ourselves in the ass. We did the work and we're realizing that life is full of possibilities that, that we didn't even fathom like 10 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. So we hope it is our hope that all of y'all work on it and get to where we are now. Absolutely. Yeah. We're out here. I say this and I'm not saying this like tongue in cheek, like we actually mean it. Like we're cheering y'all on. We actually want this for you and um, we're your biggest fans. Yeah, we, we don't drink and talk into a microphone for our own good. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, the drinking maybe. <laughs> our website is live. We yes. have drunkdivorcedivas.com. On there, you can find our resources page, which are books that Cheryl and I have read throughout our healing journey. They, mm-hmm. they meant a lot to us, and we thought we would share that with y'all. You can click on those, and you can order it straight from the website. Um, we also have our merch. We're super excited about that. There's some fun stuff. There's some cool stuff and there's, there's more to come. So, um, take a look at those. And then last but not least, we are excited to announce that our coaching services are now online. Which I'm so excited about. You can uh, book your session online and, and they're one-on-one sessions, which is really important to us because healing is such a specific journey. You know, everybody is coming from a different situation. Although we we may have overlapping themes, everybody's journey is unique. So being able to talk with someone one-on-one and really know their story mm-hmm. is important to us and helps us help you in a better fashion. Yes. And we have actually even more to come. So yeah. stay tuned. Save that website. Bookmark it. Put in your favorites. Yeah, and, check us out. And yeah. and give us feedback too. If there's something else that you would like to see on there, you know, on the resources page or, um, or the merch page, yeah, our own merch. So sky's the limit, (laughs) but let us know, let us know. We're open to feedback. Definitely. Also head over to the Facebook, um, drunk divorce divas podcast page. Let us know in there. If you have an episode topic that you haven't heard yet and you want Mm -hmm. us to hear, we actually are very active on there. We know a lot of uh, the people within there and we do take feedback. So on that note, we hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week and thanks for listening. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye.